Hi, this is Jack Tester, and welcome to another episode, another edition here of Leadership Lounge. I am in St. Paul, Minnesota again today, and I am with a longtime friend and actually a longtime Nextar member, Dan Waltman. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing terrific, Jack. Glad to be here. So Dan is a, a founder of Nextar, one of the original 16 people that were part of this organization. And and uh, I met Dan, it was before Nextar was even founded in the summer of 1992, I think it was. Is that right, Dan? August of 92 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, I bumped into you. Frank had invited a small group of people to his place to plot this new organization he was considering. And no one was a member yet. It was just in Frank's head. And he was bringing some people that he had met together. And I was one of those, and you were one of those, Dan. I came out to Wisconsin in awe of everything that was going on, you know, coming from a small company at the time. Yeah. And coming to see Frank at 20 and 30 trucks hooked up to natural gas, and they had cell phones back then and <laughs> dispatchers and call takers. And I was a you know, three-truck operation, I believe, in that time of my career. Yeah. And Frank invited me out to see what was going on because he was going to start a college of knowledge, and he thought I had what it takes to be a member. That's, and it was, uh, it was, uh, there's probably 25 people in the room, if I remember right. I, something I like remember that. it like it was yesterday, Jack, right. including you. So we showed up, and, uh, I was, I was with Tom McGuire. That's correct. And uh, me, you, and uh, Bill Ledford. And Bill Ledford went to had and had a lunch. Lunch. Just didn't know each other, but we decided to get together, and that was the first time I met Dan. Started twenty almost twenty six year friendship. So Jax. let's let's do this. So um, it was twenty twenty six years ago. This August will be twenty six years. Yeah. Where does that time go? Unbelievable. And you look uh, you look different. Never well, <laughs> you're aging like fine wine, Mister Tester. <laughs> Which ultimately turns to vinegar, by the way. <laughs> right? So, all right. Um, so, tell us about your business back then, Dan. So, pre Nextar, what was going on? Why did you end up at that formative meeting with Frank in 1992? So, give us a little snapshot of where you were in life. A snapshot of my life in the early 90s was small company, three service trucks, and a 1,500 square foot building. Okay which always amazes me because my conference room in our current building is 2,800 square feet. So every time I walk in there, I said, I remember when. People I speak to now don't realize what it was like back then. The 1991 was the Gulf War, uh-huh. and President Bush, the first President Bush, was riding high. And shortly thereafter, there was a collapse in the oil and such, and his popularity plummeted, and he didn't get reelected, and we went into a bad recession known as the Gulf War Recession. So in the work dried up for us. It was kind of devastating as a father with a young family to feed. I had my truck stolen out of my driveway because I was a service guy back then in 91. And I had to loan personal money to the business for Christmas payroll of 91, which was probably like 1200 bucks, which was a fortune back then. You were making a lot of money back then, were you? Didn't? No, no, I wasn't. I made around forty grand. My wife spent 40600 <laughs> And I worked 51 weeks, and I literally took my tax return and that was the money we drove to my brother-in-law's house in Florida for Easter week, and we did that for years. That was your life. That was my life. Yeah. And I was proud to be a good technician that could fix anything. Yeah, well, of course, that was the industry back then, too, wasn't That's it? That's correct. You know, your company, a three-truck business, and you were probably the only guy in the office, correct. if there was an office, right? That... There was. My dad was there at the time. Okay. okay. Very good. So you and your father, uh, three technicians were. Well, myself you. and two other techs. Okay. You were one of the technicians. I was, and I did, I did more many hats back then. Right. And my father wanted to retire January 1 of 92 so he could collect Social Security. 
and he okay. handed the reins to me. And I said, I really don't want this. But all during that time, I was a regular reader of Plumbing Mechanical magazine. Okay. And I saw this guy with the thick glasses and the hearing aids going around the country giving the Business of Contracting seminar, Frank J. Blau, Jr. And I could not register for the seminar he had in New Jersey in January of 92 because my dad had retired, went to Florida for a vacation, and I couldn't go because who was going to answer the phones? Right. So you, didn't have, you couldn't afford it to a cell phone then yet, hardly. Could the, you? Uh, there was, I don't even know if cell phones were just coming into the market right. in the early 90s. Right. And, but Frank now considers divine intervention. My father came back a day early from his vacation in Florida, and I registered at the door. I sat. This was a local wholesaler was putting this on? This was a local wholesaler okay. in New Jersey Plumbing Supply, and it was at the Holiday Inn in Clark, New Jersey. Okay. And there was 57 or 58 people there. Most of them I knew, my competitors, all friendly at the time. Yeah. And Frank got up there, and if you've ever seen his seminar, you know, he tells us we're the world's best technicians because we can fix anything, but we're the worst businessmen because we don't know how to do basic market and he proceeded to tell us how stupid we were for the next two days and i took copious notes i didn't get up to go to the bathroom because i didn't want to miss anything and i was so intimidated by frank he had a videotape playing of all his trucks in his facility that was a thursday and friday two-day seminar and it was desperation because we were really on just flat broke and that saturday and sunday i went back to our little office and we didn't have income statements back then. I had tax returns and check stubs and supply house receipts. I added everything up and realized that we needed to charge like double of what we had been charging. What were you charging that? 65 bucks an hour. Highest guys in the market. Yeah, you know, you're the high guys. That's right? correct. And we built it. We built everybody. We didn't collect. We built it. We were proud to build everybody and wait three, four, five months for our money. That was good, giving good service, wasn't it? That was all part yeah. of it. Yeah, in your mind. <laughs> and people look at me now and they just can't believe it. that's the way we did it. That's why did I do it that way? That's the way my father did it. That's the way his father did it before him. Right. So you went back that weekend and you decided that you had to be $130 an hour. Correct. So what happened? Well, I had a service call for a plumbing repair, and we had these little New England business stationery forms, and I took the labor and material line and put a line between them and put a price, and it was for a Gerber 12-inch close-couple toilet, I think we charge four hundred and eighty nine dollars. <coughs> Excuse me. That's okay. And Mrs. Eisen on twenty two Hardgrove Terrace, who has since passed, said, Okay, when can you do it? I said, Right now. I quick called the shop, had one of the guys bring a toilet down. And I said, you know, we're we're a COD company now because that saves you money. Can you write me a check when I'm done? Per Frank's instructions. And she said, Sure. And I was literally sweating and shaking in my boots when I presented her the bill. Really? And I was waiting for her to call back and tell me what a ripoff I was, and she did call back. The next day, Uh-oh. cautiously took the phone call, asked me if I'd come back and do the other toilet. And that was the start of our flat rate pricing. So within several months, we had all taken raises, had bought uniforms and trucks, and we started taking credit cards, Jack. No way. We were wow. just following the Blau lead, and I wrote Frank letters. I wrote Frank letters, and I remember one time I called him, and he, I was going to, hoping to leave a message. He ended up spending two hours on the phone. This is back sometime in the spring of 92? <coughs> Correct. He was telling me about the College of Knowledge, and I should come out. I'd be good for it. So that April, ironically, I got my tax return and drove to Florida, like I had done for the previous three, three years or mm-hmm. 10 years. And he was giving a seminar at the Holiday Inn in Fort Lauderdale. So I walk in with my daughter, who fell asleep on my shoulder on the ride over, who was then two or three, is now 29. He said, Danny, tell him what's going on. We have been corresponding with all these letters. I had to write him letters. I didn't have a fax machine. or The Internet didn't exist then. 
And I said, well, we're doing this, we're doing that, and this success and that success. That's wonderful. And finds out year, years later, I find out Greg D'Italli from Florida is in that audience listening to me speak. Oh, really? I don't think he joined for six or eight years after that. Yeah, he's a little slow. Yeah. Well, man, we all love Greg, though. We do. And from that point, he says, you've got to come out to my business this summer. And that's how I ended up meeting you in August of 92. So that's how it started. That's uh, wasn't my good looks. It was just right place <laughs> at the right time. Everyone gets lucky a few places and times in life, and that was mine. So what happened in that first year? Tell me about some of the business, the success you had. Because you were, um, you were making forty thousand dollars a year. I think I remember you sharing your. Frank used to share his W two. Oh yeah, God back bless then. you. He, he had my W twos all over the country. Yeah, and thank you sh- and my social security number. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember. I think one was like forty six thousand dollars, wasn't it? Forty eight thousand dollars a year. Before. I want to think it was forty two thousand, where my wife spent forty two thousand okay. eight hundred. Then it, but I remember every year it went up a lot. Yeah, right after that, it was $120,000 the very next year in, for 1992 in the recession. That's awesome. And what a, what a change in your life. It's, it's, I couldn't even put it in words. I live in a house I never thought I could afford. Uh, we take trips. We have hobbies and excitement, and we provide for our kids. And my, I have a 26,000-square-foot facility on two and a half acres. In New Jersey. In New Jersey, which is very costly, which is part of my net worth right and i'm able to make a difference in the life of many of my employees and their families with just simple things as training and health insurance well speaking of which you're here with six of your guys correct six six weltman employees are here at a service system and you've come out here to spend a little time invest your time with them well i I was removed from the business for a while and getting back in just being a presence i think it helps it makes me feel good too they look good it looks like they're having fun here too. they're learning a lot yeah that's awesome so so that was kind of the uh the, 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 so let's talk about NextStar then, or it was then called Contractors 2000. So that was kind of your business journey from a three-truck operation, unprofitable, barely getting by, your first experience, flat rate pricing, sure. being successful, converting your company over, tripling your personal income in a short period of time. That's correct. You know, I mean, it's amazing changes. So tell us about um, the birth of NextStar, about those years or those, those that time in 1992? That was a time where I was way out of my comfort zone. And Nexstar, or Contract 2000, was really Frank Blau and Jack Tester. Okay. The only two people I would communicate with. I had a business question or a business problem, I'd ask Frank. And Nexstar, being on the board, we orchestrated meetings and we planned for the first, the real, the, to me, the real meeting was in October of 92 when we had the 16 members attend in Atlanta, Georgia, that we didn't call it a super meeting then, but that was that was a real meeting. That's when we, that was when the, the, the organization was introduced to the industry. That's correct, and the press was there. Was there, and they didn't think we'd make it. I did. Well, just to be very full transparency here, what, we, what was done by you guys, the founders, was you rented a room at the PHCC National Convention in Atlanta. Oh, is that where that was? That's where that was. <laughs> so uh, we're kind of uninvited guests of sorts. And, and the original idea, I think, you know, for Nextstar was that it was going to be a trade association. It was going to be, for lack of a better uh, phrase, a competitor to PHCC. And Correct. Those, right? Correct. And of course, it's changed. You know, we, we're, we're, that's not what we are. And it changed. I literally remember us deciding to be a for-profit corporation wholly owned by the members because we wanted to have market areas. Correct. And we did that like two hours before that meeting. Yeah, we were on the fly back then. Very much on the fly. So tell us about your, your, your work. You were you are asked by Frank to be on the founding board of Nexstar. Here's this guy that just 
12 months before was you know, just running a small company, almost bankrupt. Pretty and much. now Frank has you as a director for a new emerging organization, working with people like him. And a guy named George Brazil was on that board, too. That's so how correct. was that experience for young Dan Weltman? Very intimidating. Tell me more. These guys were up on the mountaintop. They were where I wanted to be. Uh, George had his super trucks, his flat rate book. George had everything in a row. He had multiple locations at the time. Frank obviously had just the one location, yeah. both successful in their own right. And I remember being in the second floor of Frank's building, and Frank said, we need to have a board of directors. Who, who, let's take nominations. You know, We nominate Frank Blau and George Brazil. Tom McGuire might have been nominated. I don't remember all the nominations. And then Frank goes, I nominate Danny Weltman. I said, Frank, what are you kidding? Have you been drinking? Are you kidding me? He goes, don't worry. You'll be fine. I'll help you. And I was an education I couldn't, couldn't pay for in school just to sit through that, the foundation years and the changes and the battles. There was a lot of battles back then because you have some strong personalities and everyone wanted to go in a different direction. Yeah. That was that was uh, they used to, they they told me at the time birth was messy and it was like a second marriage you know that was for better for worse and good times and bad the first couple of years were really tough. They were. I remember our first chairman said that Norman Edelman. He said you know, births are messy. That's exactly what he said. Whether it's that's for life yes. or business, and he was right because you know, um, it was messy, wasn't it? Yes, uh, it was. But the cooler heads and the vision prevailed. And quarter century plus later going stronger and better than ever. And I come to this facility. I mean, I remember where you were in McGuire's shop in like a four or 500 room, square foot room with a little cinder block window. Yeah, yeah. And one fax machine. Glamorous, yeah. And to, I looked at this facility now, 21st floor overlooking downtown St. Paul when, with 60 guys in the training room. There's more guys in the training room than there were members in the early, <laughs> right? Well, the first super meeting of Nexstar had 55 members attend. Well, All had, of our membership. Yeah, well, the first two meetings, the Atlanta one and the Orange County one, we had 100% attendance. That's right. I think that might be the only two meetings ever. Oh, the last, last two for sure. And yeah. you actually have probably as many, almost as many employees now at Nexstar than you did back then as members. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do now. That the growth and what you, know, what you and Greg and the whole team have done over the years is just phenomenal. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I am yeah. just in awe. I am in awe of every time I come here. That's great. Well, thank you for uh, so anything else you want to talk about in those early years for you, Dan? And not just Nexstar, but the early years for your, your maturation in business as you kind of came out of the primordial ooze, as Frank would have called it, right? <laughs> yeah, we were in the ooze, all right. The best thing that helped me was being engaged with other people because other guys in my positions that were trying to grow the company. Yeah. And we all relied on Frank. And whenever Frank was in, giving a seminar within a three- or four-hour drive, I'd ride out to see him just to be in his presence to get the reinforcement and the encouragement. I know that I was doing the right things. Mm-hmm. So that you found that, and you did that, um, to give back, but you also did it for yourself too, didn't Correct. you? Correct. And just to give you that courage, if you will, is that it right? It took courage. I could say it took courage, yeah. It took courage and a little blind faith. Mm-hmm. It was really the unknown, uncharted waters. So I never expected. You weren't modeling yourself after a local competitor. You were just, there, there, there really was wasn't. There was no, no one. That, I modeled myself after Frank right. and his company right. and George Brazil and his company. I think a lot of other early guys did now. They did. As I travel around the country, though, I can see the influence of Nexstar. I go in certain markets. I know the members' trucks. I go to Colorado. I see the orange trucks. Or I go right. down to Washington, D.C. I see the My Plumber trucks right. and the Floyd Fur trucks and, yeah. and the Horizon trucks and current and former members. It's just amazing the transformation this organization you know, and Frank's and George's early beliefs have right. had on the entire industry. Yeah. And it's, it's 
put me in a place I never thought possible going back 25 years. Very proud and honored to be a part of this. Well, Dan, you know, that you were, I, I, I would call you kind of uh, Frank's first success story because he would hold you up in the highest regard because you were, well, obviously you're a big fan of his and you did it and you did it well and you were transparent in your success back then where you were sharing W-2s. and well, once I had no idea they'd be published in uh, books and, and on overhead projectors all around the nation. <laughs> you want to publicize something, tell Frank a secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very true, to this day. To this day. So, But no, and, and it, we see all these changes, but um, you know, certainly Frank and George were the, the kind of the brain trust absolutely. of all this, right? For sure, absolutely. But it took people like like yourself and others that that actually put it into practice and were those nest success stories. And I think a lot of our members back then looked at you too and said, this, "What's Dan doing?" Right. So you became kind of that this whole idea of on the shoulders of giants. You know, Frank put you on your shoulders and you saw further, and vice versa with other folks, right? And you became kind of that role model for a lot of years and still are, right? Well, I appreciate. I don't see myself that way, but I do appreciate you saying that. No, I, we we. Uh, your guys come in the training room. They're looking sharp. They got the crisp uniforms on. I expect nothing less out of a Weltman technician. Well, thank you, Jack, for sure. So, tell us what's going on in your business right now. How are you doing? Well, I once again, I'm in a place I never thought possible. We still have the same problems we had 30 years ago that will never change. You've plugged the, you know, the occasional price complaint, right? Employee issues, government issues, and we have systems to deal with them. <laughs> I don't work very hard or very many hours. So I have a great staff that makes me look like I know what I'm doing. Okay. And it's about taking care of Dan and my family. I'm building a wall of security for the next generation. I'm blessed to be a grandpa now. Congratulations. Which is just so cool. Yeah. So cool. I hope you have that privilege one day, Jack. I know you'll be an awesome grandpa. Thank you. Get you a little shotgun for your grandson or something. But, uh, <laughs> okay. And my wife and I are you know, planning, always planning and tweaking our future. We're going through our estate planning again because we're updating okay. a little bit. Things have changed. Okay. We have travel plans. Uh, we're very comfortable. Awesome. Love giving back. Uh, part of my success right now is helping other folks. I still have members and contractors that call me, and I never turn anybody away. I like seeing my employees succeed and grow and hear about their buying houses or taking vacations and things like that. That's yeah. part of my success, too. That's awesome, Dan. And you are a giver. I mean, you, I've heard that people say they'll call Dan up, and he'll take anyone's call, talk to him. You have a lot of people come through your place and show them around. Well, I appreciate that. It's it's rewarding, and the more I give, the more I get back. I, it's the rule of nature, reciprocity, or however you want to view that rule. It's really true. It is, too. It is, too. Well, thank you for all you did for this organization and this industry back in 1992. You took a leap of faith listening to Frank. A lot of people listened to Frank back then. Sure. Not everyone took action. And you actually, of course, it sounds like you're at a point of desperation, right? You had nothing to lose. Desperation will make you do a lot of things, Jack. Right. And you did it, though. And you, you were very successful. And uh, you've had an amazing career these 26 years and still going. I'm proud to be here. Proud that you're still here, too, Jack. Yeah, no kidding. Let's hop to that. You're part of my journey as well. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dan. And thank you very much again. I look forward to seeing in touch and see you soon, Jack. Have all right. And thank you all for listening to this other another very special episode here at Leadership Lounge. This is Jack Tester with Dan Wellman, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much. 